Something is coming. Something hungry for blood. A shadow grows on the wall behind you, swallowing you in darkness. It is almost here. What is it? What if it's the Demogorgon? Oh, Jesus, we're so screwed if it's the Demogorgon. It's not the Demogorgon. An army of troglodytes charge into the chamber. Troglodytes. Told you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you hear that? That, that sound. Boom. Boom. Boom! <gasps> that didn't come from the troglodytes. Oh. No, that, that came from something else. So Stranger Things premiered, uh, it was in July of last year. Um, and it was, as we know, there are eight episodes of season one. And I believe I was homesick one day. So I watched one episode that turned into six episodes. And the only reason I didn't watch the whole season on the first day is because I just didn't have time to. But that's the last time I watched episode one. I watched it one time when it premiered, and I hadn't gone back until now. So there are some things that I remembered, some things that I didn't remember, and I'm just going to kind of go through what episode one is. Episode one is called The Vanishing of Will Byers. This kicks off everything. The episode starts with this, we're, we're, we're in at the Hawkins, Indiana. It's November 6th, 1983. I was seven years old. I was in the second grade at that time. Just started the second grade a couple months earlier. And the first thing we see is the Hawkins National Laboratory, U.S. Department of Energy. Now, you, you, when you think of government conspiracies, you think CIA, FBI. Um, you don't think the U.S. Department of Energy. But that is exactly where this show starts. And the first thing we see is a scientist, a lab worker, something. Some dude running down the halls, scared for his life, and gets into an elevator, and you hear that monster noise. Boom. He's dead. So already they're trying to scare you right off the bat with the show. And if I was a kid, well, hey, I was an adult. You know, it it already spooked me. I already knew we were in for something good. There's already a monster out there and it has escaped from something. And, uh, you know, it's, it's ready to cause trouble. But then the real fun starts. We got our four main kid characters of the show. Not including Eleven, of course, who's really the star of the show. I didn't forget. I just had a brain fart. We got Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Will. And they're all playing Dungeons and Dragons. And the first thing that I caught, I don't know if I caught it the last, the, the first time, was there's a poster for the movie The Thing in the back. And I just love these 80s references. 
The kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Turns out they've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for 10 hours. And right off the bat, we hear about the Demigorgon. The Demigorgon. The Demigorgon actually is a real thing in Dungeons and Dragons. Now, I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but the Demigorgon, the Demigorgon, not Demigorgon, according to Dragon Magazine, is considered the most powerful villain in the first edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. It ruled as the demon prince of the abyss, an ever-changing plane of chaotic evil. Of the abyss? Hmm, that sounds, sounds familiar. But they played it for 10 hours, and finally, Mom upstairs says it's time for everybody to go home. And that reminds me of just being a kid. Like, you know, the mom's like, all right, everybody go home, get out, it's late. Or your mother would call and say, get home, it's late. So Mike runs upstairs really quick, and he tries to talk his parents into letting them play. They've been playing for 10 hours. They've been setting up this game for weeks. Please let them play a little longer. But, uh, you know, Mike's mom is like, no, you got to go home. And Mike's dad's too busy fiddling with the, uh, with the rabbit ears on the television. Again, kids don't know how good they had it. They have it now. Uh, and you could see on the TV they were watching Knight Rider, which was the coolest show in the world when I was a kid. I wanted Kit when I grew up. Um, I didn't know years later that I would be getting him as Mr. Feeney, but um, that's what was on the TV. Just a little nod. It had nothing to do with the show. But look, mom wasn't buying it. They all had to go. But while Mike was upstairs, Dustin and Lucas were downstairs, um, and they found the the dice. There was uh, the, the dice rolled under the table while they were in the middle of a roll. And, and in Dungeons and Dragons, the, the number that shows up on your dice is very important to uh, the outcome of your character. So they saw they rolled a seven, and that ended up being bad. So they were like, look, don't, we don't have to tell Mike. Mike didn't see it. He's the dungeon master. If he didn't see it, it didn't happen. You know? And they're being a little you know, sneaky about it. But when they're getting upstairs, they're all getting on their bikes, going home. And believe me, just seeing kids all on their bikes. When I was a kid, you know, never mind your, your car license. Your bike was your first taste of freedom. Uh, so it was just cool seeing the kids in the type of bikes they, they had that, you know, I just grew up on. So Dustin and Lucas head off first, and Will turns to Mike and, you know, tells him the truth. It was a seven. Huh? The wool. It was a seven. The Demogorgon. It got me. That line right there. At the time, it didn't mean much to me. The first time I saw it. This time I was like, oh, that's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. So I thought that was just a cool little thing. When you when you look back on it now, like the Demogorgon, yeah, it got you all right. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, by himself then and there. I mean, he um, ended up uh, meeting up with Dustin. Lucas already made his way home. Him and Dustin were deciding. Uh, they're like, let's let's race down the hill to my house. First one there. If you win, you can get a comic book, any comic book you want. And Will takes off and flies right by his house, you know. And he just yells, I'm going to take X-Men 134. And if you know anything about comic books, that is the first time that Jean Grey from the X-Men unleashes the Dark Phoenix after uh, being tortured. So a woman is getting tortured, unleashes uh, this, this great power. Again, awesome little bit of foreshadowing. If you've watched the show, obviously... We're only on episode one, so I have no idea what I'm talking about, right? Right. But let's be honest. Pretty much nothing is by accident on shows like this. Um, so Will keeps riding his bike. So I didn't remember there being the monster right in the woods. I mean, right in the street. I mean, he's riding his bike. He's by himself. Uh, at this point, he's, he, he's still got to get home. He lives a little further away. Um, and the light on his bike goes out. And then, boom, you see this, like, 
kind of big shapey shape monster in the woods. And it was like, what? and he drove right off into the woods and the thing, he, did, he wasn't seeing things. That thing was still coming at him. I mean, he left his bike and he took off, uh, but he makes it all the way home. Uh, and kind of, I mean, this kid is ballsy because I would just, I'd be like, okay, I'm home. Let me find a corner so I can urinate all over myself because I'm frightened. No, this kid get, runs himself into the house, yelling for his brother or his mom, can't find them. Looks out in the yard, sees him. He notices a shape by the front door. Boom, he runs straight to the to his little shed, pulls out his gun, loads his gun. By then, it's too late. We see something move behind him. He turns around, and just the fear in his eyes. He couldn't do a thing, and blink of a light, boom, he's gone. Whatever was with him is gone. And there's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> So forgive me if I'm out of order at all, but I believe at this point we now uh, meet up with our sheriff of the show for the first time. This is uh, David Harbaugh. He plays Jim Hopper, Sheriff Hopper. He lives in a trailer. He doesn't really take care of himself. You know, we don't even know who he is at first. And then he puts on his his, his uniform, his gun and his badge. And, uh, you know, we realize, oh, God, he's he's a policeman. Gets into the police force. You know, he's smoking. He's drinking. And, and there's a, there's two deputies with him. I mean, this, this, the police force is, looks like it's three guys um, and, and a receptionist. And IMDb trivia is the greatest. And it, I guess that the uniforms that he and his deputies wore are the exact same uniforms uh, from uh, Amity Island for Jaws and Jaws 2, which is, I don't know, another great little reference. Um, but he comes to find out that there's a, uh, there's a boy missing. Uh, and, you know, he's like, oh, okay, great. And you he meets up with um, the mother, Winona Ryder. And uh, obviously I'm jumping all over the place because at the same time, Winona Ryder comes home. She's talking to her older son. She's looking for Will. He's not in his room. She's getting a little nervous. She doesn't know where he is. She calls over to Mike's house. No one knows where uh, where, where, where Will is. And he's like, oh, he's probably on his way to school. Um, and they're like, oh, oh, okay. You know, and they don't think much of it anymore, but... But she's nervous, you know, because Will's a good boy and uh, can't find him. So that's when she ends up at the police station, and um, you know, she's she's a little, uh, she seems like she's an erratic person off anyway. Um, but obviously, with the nerves of her of her kid missing, and so uh, the sheriff's like, you know, could he, you know, be anywhere? Where, where's his dad? You know, a lot of times it's the dad. He'll turn up. Um, you know, they. They made reference to the dad being, you know, not liking the, the Will. Maybe Will's gay, and he's like the the sheriff's like, well, well, is he? And I just realized it's a it's a different time, so maybe just different different state of mind, different different thought process with that. Um, but really, she just you know gets the the sheriff to start looking, and the first thing you do is get those kid get the kids from school. I'm all over the place, so um, believe me. Hopefully future episodes will be better, but he gets the gets all his friends from school to interview them. The friends, meanwhile, they don't even know that Will's missing. They just probably think he's homesick or something. You know, they're at school. They're meeting up. Uh, they get kind of uh, pushed around by some bullies. They have a cool science teacher who shows them ham radio. Um, you, you, the science teacher is just a nerdy guy who's into, you know, uh, cool, nerdy stuff, you know, 
He's not a creepo. I don't know if they try to make him look like he is a um, suspect with Will in the future. I forget. Um, but I like that he's just a normal dude, if I remember correctly. Um, but I like that the kids are all talking over each other while the sheriff's trying to question them. And the sheriff has no patience for them. So he's yelling at them. And finally, they just find out, you know, that, look, he was, he drives this way on his bike. So that gets the, the sheriff and his deputies to search the area and they find his bike. They bring his bike home. And that's when the sheriff starts looking around in the house. You know, he notices that a door was smashed into a wall. He goes into the shed. I didn't, I watched this twice. I didn't quite make out what he was seeing in the shed, but he kind of just got almost hypnotized. There was no sound. He didn't hear anything and he got spooked. Um, so maybe he sensed something going on in the shed. I feel like I have to go back and watch that again. Um, but he's like, look, we need to start a rescue party. We need to figure this out. Um, at the same time, or maybe before that, again, I'm all over the place. Winona Ryder and the older boy, the older son, who is named Jonathan, um, they're out looking in the woods near their house. You know, they, there's a fort that Will has. Uh, that Winona Ryder has like a little kind of flashback about her son, but right now it's empty. There's nothing going on. The police are out looking for him. The mom and dad, the mom and brother are out looking for him. And, um, oh yeah, there's a whole lot else going on in the show. We cut back to um, the lab. We see Matthew Modine for the first time. Some crazy doctor. They put on all these hazmat suits back at the lab, um, kind of reminiscence of E.T., except they all had Uzi submachine guns. And they head into this room, this lab or something, and there's this just giant living monstrosity. This where it came from? Yes. And the girl? She can't have gone far. Meanwhile, there's another whole set of characters that I haven't even touched on. Um, like, look, I mean, let's, the, the unimportant stuff, the character stuff, there's the sister. Uh, there's, Mike has a sister, um, Nancy, again, I don't know if these, these, I don't know if these, these aren't 80s names, but they just feel like it. You know, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, you know, she's got a friend named Barb, she, um, she's, trying to date or has this boyfriend named Steve. And he seems like he's kind of uh, that eighties, um, you know, kind of a douchey guy um, trying to get in her pants, trying to make out with her, trying to hang out with her in her, in her room. So we see some of that. Uh, we meet Barb who's um, become like a, like a fan favorite, but right now she was only there for two seconds uh, with her awesome glasses. So that that's pretty much them in a nutshell, but there's another character. Uh, pretty much the most important character. Did I mention anything about the Dark Phoenix? Um, I don't know where we see this girl kind of walking outside in the woods. She comes across this diner. She breaks. She kind of walks into the diner and just starts eating stuff. Now she's in a hospital gown. She's eating. The guy who runs the diner, like, hey, he catches her, chases her down, and looks at her and realizes, uh, you know, maybe this girl needs help. So he ends up starting, you know, to help her rig out who she is, feeds her. The most interesting thing for me was that I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, who is this guy? And then I realized it's Toby from This Is Us. 
Um, now, in This Is Us, he plays a really overweight guy trying to better himself, but some of that overweightness, some of that fatness on his, is a, a bit of a fat suit. Because in this show, he just looks like a big, muscly guy, kind of. Benny. And he runs the diner, and you're like, oh, cool, Benny's going to help her, Benny's going to take care of her, this is going to be a guy who's going to be around for a while. <laughs> Benny calls um, Child Services uh, to say he's got this girl, she doesn't have a name, um, she has a tattoo on her, then she says her name is Eleven. And this little strange girl doesn't talk much. Uh, we see that she does have powers, though. And we get a glimpse of people listening in on telephone calls. So we know that who that someone in the government is listening in on every phone call, trying to figure out what's going on, at least in, in um, Hawkins, trying to figure out what's going on with the monster, trying to figure out what's going on with this girl. And this woman shows up. She's like, hi, I'm from social services. He's like, oh, cool. I didn't think you'd be here this time of night. She's like, yeah. Boom, shoots him in the head. She's not from social services. Eleven sees this and she runs and boom, we see these guys come out of nowhere with guns and we see Matthew Modine. So we know that this girl's connected to the, uh, to the monster. She's connected to the gate. She's connected to the laboratory and two guys jump out of nowhere. And Matthew Modine's like, Oh, he hears a little scuffle. He goes out. Boom. Those, both those guys are dead. Uh, Oh, but this girl had nothing on her. So what'd you do? She got magic powers, man. She got the powers and she got away. Now at the same time that she got away, our three boys, Dustin, Lucas and Mike are out there searching for Will, looking for him in the exact spot where his bike was found. They got their, um, it's starting to rain. They got their flashlights. They get out there and boom, they run into 11. And that's how the episode ends. I didn't do a very good job of writing down notes. Um, I'm, I'm sure I missed some things. Oh, Winona Ryder uh, got a weird phone call that it was probably Will. She knows it was Will. She's down to lose her mind already. We didn't quite hear anything, just noises, but she could tell it was Will. What's that coming from? I don't know. But man, I can't wait until the second episode. I can't wait to watch that and bring us another episode for you next week. I watched this and just the, the amount of references to things like E.T., Goonies, Stephen King. Um, these are things that are so near and dear to my heart and to the hearts of people my age growing up that you, you couldn't help but love this show. And I immediately was texting and emailing everybody I knew and say, watch this, please watch this, please watch this. Uh, and I had a couple of guys who were like, I watched the first one, you know, it was okay. And then like, I heard from them a day later and like, I am addicted to this television show. It is amazing. So let's just stop and look at where we are after episode one. So there's a boy missing. Some kind of monster it seems like, took this boy um, someplace. We don't know where. We don't know how. Um, we don't even know what this monster is. But he is somehow related to this Department of Energy in the National Laboratory in Hawkins. And something to do with this giant monstrosity, living, breathing kind of thing that is in the lab. All of this is related somehow. At the same time, uh, there's a girl who escaped this laboratory. Well, we don't even know this. There's a girl who the Matthew Modine is uh, interested in finding. And so she obviously has something to do with the lab as well. We don't know if she's a creation of the lab. We don't know anything. But we do know that um, she escapes. Now they try to track her down. She makes it into the woods and she's found by the three boys who are out there looking for the vanishing Will Byers. 
And that's really all we know going in to episode two, which we will be talking about next Friday, episode two of Stranger Things, episode two of Stranger Danger. I want to thank you guys for listening. My name is Mike. Again, this is my first time doing this. I, I'm taking notes while I'm podcasting, and that might not even be a good thing. I feel like I should just watch the episode a couple times to remind myself and kind of figure out where I am. Um, but I wrote down a bunch of different notes. All right, let, let's look down. Let's look at these notes. I wrote down. I wrote down Jefferson Airplane because there was that song was playing when uh, when Eleven escaped the diner. I wrote down Monster in the Street. Okay, I wrote down Walkie Talkies just because it was cool seeing the kids. Uh, with the walkie-talkies. I wrote down bullies because we had the bullies. I didn't really talk about, but they made fun of uh, Dustin with his with his teeth. Um, they made fun of all of them, really. Uh, holy shit, it's Toby from This Is Us. Oops, I swore. Those are my notes for the most unprofessional professional podcaster you've ever met. My name is Mike. I run a website called fansnotexperts.com. You'll find Stranger Danger on there. And you'll find Stranger Danger on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. It's its own podcast that you can subscribe to and listen to and get one episode every Friday through the next couple months. Or if you are a subscriber already to Geek Mentality, you're gonna get Geek, you're gonna get Stranger Danger as part of the Geek Mentality feed. You can subscribe to Geek Mentality also on iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. Um, Geek Mentality is the original podcast. Uh, basically, it's where I do episodes of Strange Danger, and I do episodes of Fans Not Experts Movie Month, and I do episodes of, of Geek Mentality. It's all related. It's all Geek Mentality. But if you go to fansnotexperts.com, you'll see we have you know Geek Mentality, Stranger Danger, Man Meets World, which is our Boy Meets World podcast that I don't host, and WrestleFania, which is our wrestling podcast, which I am a co-host on. That's all at fansnotexperts.com, but I want to thank you for listening and trying us out, and I promise... I'm going to get better at this. Okay. This is the first time I, I, you know, I really planned ahead and you think I would have done better, but you know, just sometimes life gets in the way and you got to do the best you can with what you got at the time you have it. So thank you guys for listening. Um, please, if you feel free, I'm on Twitter at geekmentality.com. I'm using the hashtag stranger danger, uh, to promote these episodes. Uh, if you want to find me, retweet me, follow me, that'd be great. Um, obviously we're on iTunes, iTunes reviews, I don't even think I'm worthy of your iTunes reviews yet, so I'm not even going to ask for them. Just thank you for even getting this far and listening. And uh, until next week, beware the Demogorgon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.